the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. The theme of Jude is found in verse 3. Contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. That's the theme. Contend for the faith. That's why he writes this letter to exhort all of us, all of us, to contend for the faith, to live faithfully in faithless times. Jude wrote his letter to encourage all believers to contend earnestly for the faith. In today's message, Pastor Dan explains what Jude meant by this. You are to live faithfully in faithless times, which is as true now as it was for the believers in Jude's age. There will always be things that hinder your faith or make you question God and His plan. But Jude, as well as Pastor Dan, encourage you to be on guard, be in the Word, fellowship with other believers, and spend time in prayer. Hold fast to your faith. Now, here's Pastor Dan in the book of Jude, chapter 1, for today's edition of Ring of Truth. open our Bibles to the book of Jude this morning, beginning in verse 1. Jude, a bondservant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to those who are called, sanctified by God the Father, and preserved in Jesus Christ, what a wonderful verse, mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you, beloved. While I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. For, here's why, certain men have crept into the church unnoticed who long ago were marked out for this condemnation, ungodly men, who turn the grace of our God into lewdness and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. But I want to remind you, though you once knew this, that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those who did not believe. And the angels, who did not keep their proper domain, but left their own abode, He has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of the great day. As Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them in a similar manner to these, having given themselves over to sexual immorality and gone after strange flesh, are set forth as an example to us. 
suffering the vengeance of eternal life and eternal fire. Likewise, also, these dreamers defile the flesh. They reject authority and they speak evil of dignitaries. Yet Michael, the archangel, in contending with the devil when he disputed about the body of Moses, dared not bring against him a reviling accusation, but said, The Lord rebuke you. But these speak evil of whatever they do not know. And whatever they know naturally, like brute beasts, in these things they corrupt themselves. Woe to them, for they have gone in the way of Cain. They have run greedily in the error of Balaam for profit and perished in the rebellion of Korah. I don't know if you noticed, but Jude is the next to last book in your Bible. Uh, But Jude here, he addresses the danger of ungodly teachers in the church. The danger of ungodly teachers in the church. And we we expect to find uh, ungodly people out in the world. Uh, We we don't really think of ungodly people in the church, but, but June warns us about ungodly people in the church, and not only in the church, but as leaders in the church, pastors leading people astray with uh, false doctrine, or you could even say watered-down doctrine. And just as Luke records uh, early church history in the Acts of the Apostles, uh, one commentator dubbed Jude the Acts of the Apostates, uh, which it is. Uh, The theme of Jude is found in verse 3, Uh, contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. That's the theme. Contend for the faith. That's why he writes this letter to exhort all of us, all of us, to contend for the faith, to live faithfully in faithless times. To live faithfully in faithless times. So let me give you a little background here. First of all, who was Jude? Well, the name Jude, or it, it's, it's literally in the Greek, it's, it's Judas. In Hebrew, it's Yehuda. Some of you maybe have heard the name Eliezer ben Yehuda before. He was, he's the man that uh, brought about the modern revival of Hebrew, the, the spoken language of Hebrew. He, he revived that. Uh, If you go to the Museum of the Bible in Washington, D.C., they have a small exhibit there that mentions Eliezer ben Yehuda and how he brought back uh, Hebrew into modern times. Uh, Yehuda is the name Judas, or Jude for short. Uh, And this isn't that Judas. It's not Judas Iscariot, the one that betrayed Jesus. Actually, in the New Testament, there are six people that are named Judas. Six different Judases mentioned in the New Testament. Judas was a very popular name among the Jewish people living in first century Israel because of a man named Judas Maccabeus. Judas Maccabeus was a pastor who led a revolt, a priest who led a revolt against the Syrians And he won independence for Israel for a brief time in the second century B.C. So he was kind of like a national hero to the Jewish people, like kind of like a founding father for the Jewish people. So in the first century, there were many 
people that named their sons Judas. It was a popular name, or Jude for short. This Jude that penned this letter was the half-brother of Jesus. In Mark chapter 6, verse 3, we see Judas mentioned as the half-brother of Jesus. So this Jude, his parents were Joseph and Mary. Uh, He's the half-brother of Jesus. Jesus had a different father, of course. His father was God, not Joseph. And so this Jude grew up with with Jesus. And if, if you remember in the Gospels, Jude, along with the rest of his family, did not believe that Jesus was the Messiah. They thought he was crazy until after the cross and the resurrection. Even though Jesus lived a perfect life among his family, his perfect sinless life did not convince them of his identity. His death and his resurrection convinced his family that he's the Messiah. You know what's going to convince your family? The death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the gospel. That's what's going to persuade them. You should try to live a perfect life in front of them and be a good witness and all that, but that's not what's going to change their heart. The gospel changes hearts. So Jude here that writes this letter, he's the half-brother of Jesus. And what's interesting to me is he doesn't mention that at all in this letter. If I were the half-brother of Jesus, you all would know it. You would know it in the first five minutes that we meet. Uh, If I were the half-brother of Jesus, I would write books about growing up with Jesus and sharing a bedroom with Jesus. I would have a blog, you know. My email address would be jcslittlebrother at gmail.com, right? I would capitalize on my relationship with him, but not Jude. Notice what Jude does say. He describes himself as a bondservant of Jesus Christ. A bondservant. A bondservant was a slave. It was a, it was a particular type of slave. It was a, a person who voluntarily enslaved themselves to someone else because they realized that that person, their master, was a better master over their life and could provide a better life for them than they could provide for themselves. And so they willingly enslaved themselves. That's a bondservant, a doulos. That's the word that Jude uses here to describe his relationship with his half-brother, Jesus. He describes himself as a slave of Jesus. He's saying, in a sense, he's my master. My life belongs to him. He's my Lord. I surrender all to him. So he tells us that he's a bondservant of Jesus Christ. He's the brother of James. Again, Mark chapter 6, verse 3 describes that relationship to Jesus. Uh, And then next, Jude tells us who he writes to. If you notice here, he's not writing to one individual. He's not writing to a particular church. He doesn't say, you know, to the church in Ephesus or to the church in Corinth. He says, to those who are called, sanctified by God the Father, and preserved in Jesus Christ. So, So Jude writes this letter to those who are called. Those who are invited, those who are invited by God to receive eternal life through Jesus Christ, those who are called. You know, we, we, didn't, we didn't call ourselves to eternal life. We didn't wake up one day and say, you know what, I think I want a relationship with God. 
We didn't call ourselves. No church called us to eternal life. It's God who calls us. It's God who invites us to receive eternal life. We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. You know, in 1 Thessalonians 2.12, it says, We were called into His kingdom and glory. God invited us into His kingdom. And if God didn't call us, if God didn't invite us, we wouldn't have a relationship with God at all. The Bible says we were dead in our trespasses and sins, all of us. And the Bible says there is none who seeks after God on his own. It's only when God calls a person or invites a person, and then that person responds to the call, responds to the invitation. But it's not something that we initiate with God. It's something that God initiated with us. God pursued us, and we responded. How does God call us? By the gospel. By the gospel. 2 Thessalonians 2.14 says, God called you by the gospel. The gospel is God's invitation to man. If you're a Christian here today, somewhere, somehow, along the way, you heard that Jesus Christ died on that cross for you and for your sins, and that he was buried, and that on the third day he was resurrected from the dead, and that he's alive today, and that he invites you to repent of your sins and put your faith in him for the forgiveness of your sins and for salvation and for eternal life. You heard the gospel And you responded to that invitation. You responded to that call to repent and have eternal life. And that's how you came to know God as your Lord and your Savior. So we were called by God. Not only were we called, but look at verse 1 again. We were sanctified by God. After we were called, we were sanctified. That means we were made clean by the blood of Jesus Christ. And we were set apart for his purposes. Uh, you know, it says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We're, we're his workmanship. It's a work that he started in us. He initiated. And we've been created for good works. We've been set apart, sanctified for God's purposes. But not only were we called and sanctified, we are also preserved in Jesus Christ. We're kept by Him. Again, we don't keep ourselves. It's God who keeps us. Our God is a saving God, and our God is a keeping God. He keeps us. 
In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 5, it says, We are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation. God is keeping us through His power for salvation, for heaven, for that day when we are with Him face to face. That's what He's keeping us for. That's what He's preparing us for. In John chapter 10, Jesus talked about how we've been given to Him by the Father and no one can snatch us out of His hand. He keeps us. Look down at verse 24 at the very end of Jude here. Now to Him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of His glory with exceeding joy. Do you see that in verse 24? He is able to keep you from stumbling and He will present you faultless before God. Isn't that wonderful? Not just wonderful news to hear that. Aren't you glad? Man, aren't you glad that God uh, called you and then He sanctified you? And then aren't you glad that He didn't say, okay, now you keep yourself faultless and you present yourself faultless from here on out when you stand before God. Oh, man. Now He keeps us. He preserves us. Now in verse 2, we have the greeting very typical, we've talked about this over the last couple of weeks, very typical uh, introduction to the letter. Remember, you, uh, in, in letters in that day, the, the author would state his name at the beginning, and then he would write you know, who he's writing to, and then he would have some kind of greeting or salutation. Uh, and we see that in verse 2, mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. And that brings us to verse 3, verses 3 and 4. Jude tells us the reason for writing this letter. Here's why he writes, Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you exhorting, you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. For certain men have crept in unnoticed who long ago were marked out for this condemnation, ungodly men who turned the grace of our God into lewdness, and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. In verse 3, Jude says, I plan to write to you about our common salvation, <laughs> but I found it necessary. I, I was compelled, I was burdened by the Holy Spirit. I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith. Notice it says there, for the faith. As Jude writes this letter, the faith was already established. What we believe as Christians, the essential doctrines that, that, that make up Christianity, those core beliefs that we have, were already established by the time Jude writes this letter. It was the faith. This faith, he's writing about the faith, the faith by which we are called, the faith by which we are sanctified the faith that keeps us and preserves us until the day of Christ Jesus. And Jude tells us you need to contend earnestly. The Greek word there is agonize, battle. He's saying you, you need to fight for this faith. All of us. You need to fight for it. You need to do battle to protect the faith, the doctrine of the New Testament that has been delivered to you. He, look what he says here. Look at verse 3. The faith that which was once for all delivered 
to the saints. Now, now what does that mean? That means that the faith that that is delivered to us in the Bible, in the New Testament in particular, that means it's final. It's once and for all. It's, it's settled. It's settled. It's, it's final. And it's authoritative. It doesn't change. It doesn't evolve over time. It's not something that can be amended to fit the current culture. Listen to me. Listen. Listen. The doctrines of Christianity, your Bible... Your Bible is not like the U.S. Constitution. The U.S. Constitution can be amended. The U.S. Constitution can be changed as our nation changes. And some people think that the Bible should be amended to fit the current culture or to fit the current morality of our culture, that the Bible is outdated and outmoded because it doesn't fit the culture. No, The culture should be amended to fit the the morality of the Bible, not the other way around. The Bible, the doctrine that we have in the Bible, it doesn't change because God doesn't change. The faith that is delivered to us in the scriptures is a once and for all faith. You, You can't add to it. You can't subtract to it. You can't change it to fit the times And Jude wrote this letter 2,000 years ago. He wrote this letter because there were false teachers who were subtracting from the Bible, who were subtracting from the faith that was once and for all delivered unto the saints. Just like there are people, false teachers in churches today, who are subtracting from the Bible, who are taking things away from it, subtracting from the Word of God, dismissing the parts of the Bible that they don't agree with or that they don't like. And again, Jude wrote this letter 2,000 years ago. But what Jude has to say in this letter is, is just as contemporary for our day as it was for his day. We still need to contend for the faith. We're still contending. We're still fighting for it. We're still trying to defend this faith. Still, the fight's not finished. It's ongoing. And notice what he says here about these false teachers in verse 4, this description that he gives. He says that they creep into the church unnoticed. They're they're not obvious. And again, he's talking about uh, people that have leadership roles in churches. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. Jude encourages you to not only know when God's word is being abused, but to stand up for the truth. It urges you to know the Bible from the moment God created the world to the beginning of life eternal with Him and without evil. Take some time today to read for yourself what the book of Jude has to share, as well as the rest of Scripture. Then you can know for sure what's true and what's being put forth as a lie. We're so glad you joined us today on Ring of Truth to study this New Testament letter with Pastor Dan Sexton. If you'd like more information on this ministry or to continue to listen to teachings from God's Word, visit CalvaryEC.com. We'd enjoy meeting you, too. If you're in the Baltimore, Washington area, you're invited to join us here at Calvary Chapel. We're located in Columbia, Maryland, just a few minutes from Route 95, Route 29, or Route 100. 
You can find out more at our website. Again, that's calvaryec.com. Would you do us a favor? Would you join us in praying for the ministry of Ring of Truth? Please pray for Pastor Dan and everyone involved in this program that we would continue to listen and respond to what our Heavenly Father has to say. Pray, too, for those listening that they would know Jesus and surrender to His love. Thanks for praying, and thanks for tuning in to Ring of Truth.